0: Cool. I love that song because uh, if you guys have ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas, I think it is. I think it's the second one. There's two. I know this because my family has all of them on DVD. Um, The second one, there's uh, his sister. I can't remember her name. Is up there for the Christmas play. And she's like, "Oh, I I say hark!" And then Harold Angel sings. And the entire time, they're like, "That's not actually how it goes." It's it's a song. And at the very end of the show, they're on the stage and like the very end of the entire thing. She's like, ah, you did great. And she walks off, hark, and they're like, and the next guy walks up and says, oh, hi, I'm Harold Angel. So, anyway, I like goofy comic strip kind of humor and puns and that sort of thing, which is why today, um, I actually titled this message Joy Story, um, because I love Toy Story, but I really want to talk about joy. Um, There it is. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, Aisha and I are, as many of y'all know, expecting in March, so I've been told I have a lot of dad jokes, and uh, I've been preparing them for moments like these, so you'll have to bear with me. Um, before we kick in, let's just, let's just pray real fast and then uh, dive into scripture. Father God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for this season and this time. Um, there are a lot of things that compete for our attention every day um, of the year. And uh, it can be very, very distracting and difficult to be able to focus in on you and to listen to your spirit. And I just pray that today, um, during this time as we're together, uh, that you would uh, just just fold our ears in on exactly what you want us to hear and just uh, push everything else out, help us to to know you today, to know our our purpose in knowing you and as a part of this community and as a part of our families, um, that we would do the things that you've called us to do with joy and we would learn what that even means. Um, in our lives today, um, this morning, we just ask all these things in the name of Jesus, Amen. Okay, so um, joy story, loved to infinity and beyond. Yes, this is going to be fun today. Um, it's, it's, the goal here is to get everybody to smile, right? Because that's part of joy, or so we might think. Um, what is joy? Um, I think it's a question that I had. Like you read it in Scripture all the time. The word joy pops in, especially this holiday season, and we we kind of, we throw it around, and uh, we we want to have it. It's something that we want to be told that we are, right? When you're joyful, it's like things are, I'm either, I'm either, things are going great, or maybe even I'm able to overcome something going on in my own life, where I'm able to have joy in spite of circumstance. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind when I think about joy is not what I'm about to say. Uh, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. When I think of joy, typically, I think of the holidays. I think of these things, and I, and I put it, I race ahead, and then I have to come back and say, wait a second, what, what is this thing that I'm talking about? We know in Scripture, um, some of you guys might even be able to start listing them out, right? But fruit of the, of the Holy Spirit is, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You can remember the last two or three, you get a point. I can't. Um, but, but that's, I think, a really important place to start. And that the joy that we experience and are able to know uh, comes from God through his spirit in our lives. Um, we, can't, we can't exit that. And throughout scripture, as we find out today, that's exactly um, how God works. Uh, he wells up joy within us. Um, and it's really, really super special. So... Um, there's this great moment. I'm going to continue to go with the cartoons and the things that are most, most joy filled as kids, right? Because kids are kind of joyful. They have a bit of joy about them, I think. Uh, faith needs to be childlike, as we'll find out later on today. But um, I love the scene in the first Charlie Brown uh, where Linus gets up on stage. You guys see the first Charlie Brown Christmas. He gives the big statement that you're like, oh, this is amazing. He walks through Luke uh, 2, I think it's 8 through 11. But basically, you know, the angel comes to these shepherds who are, you know, watching their sheep in the fields, and he says, you know, greetings, I bring you good tidings of great joy that shall be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. And, you know, you're going to find him wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Um, I just love that. Um, but what I don't think I really recognize when I first, you know, you say it's for all people. But who gets to hear about this first? Um, shepherds, shepherds who were in the fields tending their sheep. And it's cool because Scripture, we hear shepherds are always are, are talked about a lot. David was a shepherd, the city of David. Um, Jesus is described as a shepherd um, tending to us, the flock, like sheep who can go astray. Um, shepherds are taking care of all, those, all, all of us, or all, all those sheep. Um, and the fact that in this time, shepherds have gone from being kind of this kind of rugged, you know, do good kind of part of things. Now we're in more of an urban environment. These shepherds are out by themselves most of the time. They're not, Romans are not like shepherds. Yes, put them on the top of the social hierarchy. They're, they're, they're nowhere to be found, uh, really literally and figuratively. They're out in the fields, and they literally go up against mountains with their sheep and take care of them, but they're not talking with people all the time. It's kind of a lonely profession. And I think that it's really, really interesting to just consider the fact that when God sends the angel Gabriel to come, and let all of us know that that this day in the city of David, a Savior is born. It's to the loneliest, and it's to the people who are oftentimes forgotten. They might not be getting home for the holidays. Um, Those are the types of folks that God is looking out for um, when he is delivering this message of great joy. I think it's really interesting, right? The story goes, and I've seen it depicted, But it seems like they heard this, and then all this in the air, like all these angels are glorifying God and praising him. I don't know that anyone else had seen something quite like that in some time. It's like a light show, like Trail of Lights or something like this. But when you go to certain things, and things just kind of happen, and it's beautiful, and you feel like you might be the first person in the park, or the first person to see this. We were in Rome uh, a week and a half ago, and we got to the Roman Forum, and we got, it was really cold, and apparently people don't get up early to go do these things in December in Italy. So we we're like the only people in the middle of the Roman Forum. And it was like, it was the coolest thing. It felt really special because it was to you. Like, I was looking at Aisha, and she's like, no, you can't even see anybody else. And we're standing in this place. And I feel like the shepherds that were seeing the angel and hearing what he had to say after they were no longer terrified and reassured that this was okay, got this amazing experience that no one else had the opportunity to see. I mean, I think it's like in Isaiah, other places, like they talk about dreams that look like what the shepherds saw that night. Um, that's really cool. Um, I think it's really cool that God looks to us, and I think it's something we can take. When we are in the, a moment of, of loneliness or we're feeling like maybe we uh, aren't quite fitting into the surroundings that we're in or looking to try to, I don't know, regain a sense of connection to community or people after some time, um, God sees that. And his spirit wants to show us that joy is possible in that moment. Um, so joy, though, is, it's, not, uh, it's not circumstantial. Um, and I think that's really important because it's easy to have joy when you come out of... Uh, i trying to think of moments. Think about a moment you come out and you decide like, it, things just clicked and you were stoked. I don't know, you won like a, a Frisbee game, maybe. Won a big game, and it was a huge deal. Joel's a, uh, awesome at Frisbee. I don't know how to throw one. Um, but it's... Think of a moment where you were just totally stoked that something went your way. One moment that comes to my mind would have been, like, I was at the, the Rose Bowl when Texas beat USC. And, like, you just like, Yes! I'm sorry, Lily. Um, it, but, like, like, that moment where it's like... Every, just for that moment, you're just singularly, like, totally happy. Um, you think of that moment... And a lot of times, people will use the word "joy" to describe it. Oh man, that was like that was one of the most joyful moments ever. I'm not sure, honestly. Like, I mean, it's easy to be joyful when everything's going good. It's easy to have happiness when life is great. But um, in thinking about the way that joy looks in Scripture, um, it tends to happen one when when God is near, and two, it often happens in spite of. The circumstances that are at play in the situation. Um, we were talking, Aisha and I, when we were out, we did a lot of reflecting while we were traveling recently and really appreciate y'all's prayers for us while we were gone. And one of the things that just struck me about talking about joy, we were talking about who do we want to like influence our family, who is someone who emulates this um, consistently for us in our lives. And a couple people came to my mind personally, and I think it's cool that they're both here, but I uh, but Austin and Todd are people that, to me, really, really demonstrate joy in a phenomenal way. As you guys know, like this, this year has been, like most years for our church, we um, are experiencing a lot of joy, but that means that circumstances aren't always promoting that joy for us in months and days and different years. One of the things that I've, I've noticed, though, is in spite of wherever we're at, um, I feel like Austin and Todd are always so, so welcoming, so, so loving, and knowing when you're in an elder meeting sometimes about how some of the ways in which our church, uh, our challenges can affect their lives, they are not, they, they do not allow that to change the joy that they have. Um, and I've seen that not just here with church, but just with life in general. Uh, you guys are, are two of the most joyful people that I know, period. I see you back there, Todd. Um, and, uh, and I think most people here would say that as well. Um, so looking to folks who demonstrate that when it's not easy, looking to people who can lead you through struggle and not be defined by the struggle, but be defined by the response to it, um, I think that matters, and I think that's a lot of what we see uh, in Scripture, too. So as you guys can tell, I probably have tons of notes here. It is not incredibly structured. Unfortunately, I'm not... Uh, the guy who wrote the Toy Story film, but I did take that and put a J in front of it. So, um, let's keep talking about what joy means. Um, I, think, I think one of the things that we, we come to when we're reading scripture is um, just the concept of, of Jesus in a, in a manger and the fact that we often, there's a danger for us in being too joyful. Let me tell you what I mean. Um, a lot of us, are here having gone through multiple different dreams that now, to this point, remain unfulfilled. Some of us are pursuing those dreams right now, and some of us are... For some of us, this church family is a dream. Um, For others of us, uh, we started things and watched them maybe not work as well as you thought, or they changed. Um, But when you're in the process of dreaming something, it takes a lot of courage to let people know that you're excited that you believe this is going to happen. Um, But I think sometimes we, after having let that happen or having seen that not always work out, we start to temper our joy. And what I mean by that is we start to say, God, if you tell me that this is something that I'm called to do, well, I'm not sure that I can trust you as much on this. So I'm not willing to let myself be so excited yet, right? You start kind of holding back you start becoming cool, right? You're like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if it happens it happens, if it doesn't it doesn't." Even keel all the time. For me, when I'm that way, I'm masking the fact that I don't want to be let down. I don't want um I don't want the other end of what I think joy is to be pain and difficulty. But that's the beauty of what we talk about during Advent is that our savior, our God comes to us in the lowest, lowest possible way. The infinite God, to each of us so particularly, in a manger filled with excrement. If we were out of this room, we might call it another word, but I mean, it's it's crap. Like, this is the worst possible spot, and this is where God enters in. This is where Christ comes. And I think, for me... it's so, so incredible that when I put myself in a position that says, no, I'm, there's too much shame, there's too much guilt, there's too much, I, I can't do this, I'm too low. Christ comes lower. So we, we, have, we don't have a Savior who doesn't empathize with our struggles. And that's not just something that, we, that Paul talks about because he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He knows how our Savior came to us. He came to us um, so that he would start in a place um, that would always meet us where we are. It's not like he started, you know, it wasn't even Moses, right? He wouldn't, like, he didn't come down a river and get into the palace for a few years. Um, there was no palace. And I think that's something that can encourage us when we say, well, what does it mean to rejoice? Um, if you guys saw this week, First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through 18 was a verse that I chose to put into our blog this week. But it says three things. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. I thought it was really interesting that right in the middle of Rejoice Always and Give Thanks Continually, uh, excuse me, in all circumstances is pray continually. Um, Again, for us to have joy, we have to be connected to, to God. We have to be connected to Christ. And I think a lot of times when we choose to not have joy, we're also probably choosing not to talk to God about it. We're probably choosing not to let God in on what's going on in our own heart. And we, we start to step back. We start to isolate. And we're not guarding any shepherds. We're just moving away from community. We're moving away from our creator. And it's hard because we all do it. That's what sin does. It, it, it tells us that we're not, we're not good enough. It tells us that we should be out in the fields and not over here with this king who's been born. Um, but I need to smile more, by the way. I'm like, this is all serious. We're talking about joy. But I think this is really true. I think that joy needs to be something we consider more deeply than Ah joyous Christmas morning. Like, it, it, it can be, but there's more to it than if we get some snow and if it's warm around a fire with family. Um, there is more to it than that. Um, so God is not repelled by our sin. He's not repelled by our struggle. He's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't recoil when we let him know that we've failed or that in our hearts there's some evil stuff. But I want that guy to lose, and I don't care how. I just want him to fail. Um, whatever that is, it's not going to repel God. It's not going to repel Jesus, who came to us in the, in the lowest, who, who says in Scripture, He came to us as a man of sorrows, considered himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He's here to show us that he can serve us in even our darkest and lowest times. And that's, I think, what we have to figure out, what I have to figure out in communicating this and we have to figure out together if we're going to be joyful is, how do we flip that, this infinite love that God gives to us and turn that into particular circumstances everywhere? Um, We can't have joy unless we recognize that we are infinitely loved by an infinitely beautiful and loving God and that his focus is on each person in this room at all times, like right now, the Holy Spirit of God is with us, and, it's, and we can push back from that. We can kind of cross our arms. We can think about soccer, which sometimes I do on a Sunday morning. We can distract ourselves from the truth um, of that, or we can embrace him as he embraces us. Um, one of the things that, that, that came to my mind while we were in Italy, I watched another Colosseum, which frankly I thought was not nearly as cool as the Roman Forum, just... I I've never thought about this before, but in case you ever go, I think the forum's pretty cool. The Colosseum, though, is where I read that so many different Christians were killed over the course of time. Um, so many martyrs came through there and were eaten by animals, were killed by gladiators, were set on fire. I'm reading a story right now, um story of the early church fathers. And many of these folks all, all died um, and considered it. A joy to be able to seek after and follow after Christ in doing so. That seems ridiculous to me. I, I, my mind doesn't let me truly go there very often because that just doesn't doesn't compute. But being in that place, it was really cool. Uh, at the very bottom of the uh, of the Colosseum, there's this cross, and I think consistently, from what I've read, every Good Friday mass in Rome starts in the Colosseum where all these martyrs had been killed and they take that, that symbolic place. They can't go to Jerusalem and march all the way back to Rome in three days, but they can go to a place where those who followed Jesus with, with zeal and with passion were willing to give their lives like, um, like their Savior and consider it to be an honor and a privilege. Because the hard part about talking about this without recognizing that the kingdom of God is at hand, is that if all we see is this world, this is not going to make so much sense all the time. Um, it's not going to make sense to want to be generous because I've got to take care of me and my family. And what if, you know, the fear comes in. What if, what if, what if? And we start calling that wisdom, but it's not. Most of the time, It's, it's an, it can be an excuse for something that God's doing in us. And we have to ask him for what that means. But I don't always want to ask him frankly. I don't, I don't want to. I want to do what keeps me secure. Um, but it's really cool that in Luke 12, Jesus tells us, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, I looked this up. In, in, in Google, the word for uh, joy it says it's great pleasure or good pleasure. I, see, I haven't seen it translated joy just yet, but it is your Father's good pleasure, so I'm not lying to you. It sounds like what Google defines as joy, so I'm just going to take it and run with it. I think that God takes great delight and takes great joy to give us the kingdom. And I think that's something that we have to receive if we're going to be in a practice that reflects joy at all times as his as body. And what I mean by that, I think, is... When we're here and we have the ability to pray continually and walk with people who, in a way that can sharpen us to do the the works and and the love that God has given us to do, that God is excited about that. That his joy is overflowing within him to see his children, seeing the kingdom of God be at hand, and continuing to come. And that doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy. And in fact, many of the people who went before us, it wasn't easy. And it still isn't easy in many parts of this, of this world. But our goal is not to um, live for this earth, this time, this world, because this world rejected the one we celebrate for coming. Um, they didn't have a place for him even in a hotel room in the backwoods part of Bethlehem. Um, that's just reality. And yet that's who we follow. And so when I think about being excited about the holidays. When I think about being excited about who who we follow, um, I think about that—that that our kingdom is not of this world, but it's coming. And if we have faith in the love, this infinite love that God gives, that you are infinitely loved right now, each of us. I keep saying that until all of you smile at me when I look at you. Um, we are infinitely loved. I don't know, think of a fireplace and infinitely love, and you might start smiling because it's the holidays, but it's cold outside. Um, we are infinitely loved by the God of the universe. And he says, hey, it's my joy to give you the kingdom, for you to walk in my ways, for you to be like my son to the people next to you, your neighbors, your friends, this community. Um, the world did not embrace him, but he embraces us. Um, it says in John 15, remain in my love and your joy will overflow. Um, There's something very beautiful about recognizing our purpose and that our purpose is to sit here in our lives moving moment to moment with a God who wants to talk with us the entire time. I I don't know about y'all, but um, since I've gotten married, I've recognized how bad of a listener I am. I used to think I was so good at listening. Um, In fact, people would tell me this, and I told my wife this. I was like, people think that I'm really a great listener. And she's like, you're not. Um, (laughs) LAUGHTER and, and one of the things that, that I, I struggle with, um, I've learned, is uh, I can't focus on two things at once. I think that I can, especially around the college football season, I'll be like watching something and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, and I have this like tick where like I hear someone say something to me and I'm like, yeah, affirm that. And I keep watching the game, I have no idea what they said. Um, and so, what I think is interesting, when I think about the fact that God wants us to be in communication with him at all times, is that... Rather than be the person who is got a meeting in five minutes and really can't, because I told you that this week, I got to make it quick. Um, Or that I've got something else that I'm doing, by the way, so like you might get 30% of my attention. Um, That is never what God gives us. God takes the light to be able to participate with us, invite us to participate with Him in the kingdom. And so every time we speak with Him, every time we stop and give Him our attention, we have a hundred percent of his focus. We have a hundred percent of his love. We have a hundred percent of his time. And no one else gives us that. No one else comes to us and offers their life for us. And then in that process, continues to walk beside us, even as we fail them continually. Um, it's, it's shocking. It makes no sense. But, um, but that's who's born in a manger for us. That's that's, that's the story of Christmas. Um, so what is, what, is our, what is our response to this kind of, this kind of action? Um, I think when we go to, uh, I mean, the shepherds, obviously they go there and they're super stoked. But I think what's even cooler about this is if we go back to Luke 1, um, you see Mary and you see Elizabeth. Again, God's, I think, joy and kingdom for us has a lot to do with promise is that when God gives us something on our hearts and he says it's going to happen, uh, we know throughout Scripture that our timing may not be his timing, but it happens. And Elizabeth was one who would wanted a, uh, a son for a long time, and that son became John the Baptist. But there's this great moment where Mary, who's also, uh, I don't know that she necessarily wanted a kid, but she's got one now, and his name is Jesus, and she's going to see her, uh, her cousin, Elizabeth, who's much older as a with child. And when she shows up, with Jesus uh, inside of her, uh, it says that in her, in her womb, in Elizabeth's womb, the baby leapt for joy at the presence of, of Jesus. Um, we've been going through Acts 3, and there's a moment where uh, Peter and John are walking, and uh, this lame man is can't walk, and they say, you know, get up and walk, and it says he leaped up and walked with them to the temple. Uh, it wasn't like, I don't know, I don't know if you guys try to leap up. I think of those guys like, that can do karate and stuff. and like, They have great ab ability and they just like, shoot themselves up off of the ground. Uh, I think joy looks like that. If anyone can do that, I'd invite you to the stage right now to show everyone what that actually looks like. But, um, but there's this leap about it. Not just a leap of faith, but a leap of love. Uh, a leap of excitement about the presence of God with us. Emmanuel. And Elizabeth's response, I think, is even cooler for how we can then respond twofold to God. You have this, this baby inside you. Again, I'm learning about what this is like because we are expecting for the first time. So I have tons of information. I can tell you all this great stuff. Not really. Um, but her response is, who am I that my Lord should come to me? And the Holy Spirit speaks within her. I, I am... I'm not worthy of this love. And this response of the child inside her who's part of her is to leap for joy. And so this, this joy moment is connected to this infinite love is overwhelming to me and I cannot receive it in the shape that I'm in. But then this childlike faith within inside of each of us, recognizing who God is and recognizing the love he has for us, And that he doesn't look at us and think, and and, and he's cross with us, he doesn't look at us and is ashamed of us and says, you know, go to your room, or I don't want to look at you. that childlike part of us sees who God is, and we leap, leap together for joy, recognizing that this divine love that is not earned has been given. And that, that that experience in Luke 1, when Mary visits Elizabeth, I think more than anything, describes how we experience joy in each moment. Because when we recognize that God is who He is and that He wants anything to do with us, it's astonishing. And then we see not just that He wants, how much He wants things to do with us, we, we see exactly what that looks like in the person of Jesus Christ, in the way that He lives His life, the way that He comes, the way that He dies, and the way that He lives again. Um, I have no idea how, how long I've gone here, so I apologize if anyone's getting bored. Last two things would be um, to hit on our response. So, when you open presents. Open presents. Ah, you see that? That's that's when you move the T and the S to a C and an E, and it becomes beautiful. Um, Remember that this time of the year is about remembering what someone said because we're so distracted, the only thing you're going to remember is joy story and maybe open presents. So, I'm just kidding. Um, You're going to remember everything that we just talked about. But the gift of Christmas is that. The gift of Christmas is that, that, that image, I think, of God coming to us and our response being, we are not worthy of this. Our response is to be like the shepherds and to be terrified. Our response is to be, oh my gosh, and then let that, that wonderful part of us, that we want. We know that Christmas is something about, it's about that, like that childlike experience of faith and joy, to let that overflow in us when we recognize that the Father loves us he really loves us and he wants to be right there with us Um, so that's that's the first thing Um, he tells us i see you my one of my favorite verses in scripture is uh, when hagar is sent away from abraham i don't know if this is going to connect with everybody but abraham had a had a son before he had isaac his name was ishmael um big hullabaloo of him not quite trusting god and then hagar ultimately having to leave the camp they were a part of. And there's this beautiful part in Scripture where God sends an angel to Hagar. He says, I see you. I see that you've been mistreated. I see your situation. And then she says, she, she calls God, who we don't have all these different names for this time, you are the God who sees me. God sees everything that we're going through. Um, so God says, I see you this holiday season, this Advent season, and you are infinitely loved. And it is my joy to give you the kingdom to partake and, and invite you to participate with me in this joyful experience of my love to the world. So when we're, when we're experiencing all the things that we experience these, this holiday season, we have that opportunity to be with him in giving, with him in being present, with him in praying continually and being able to rejoice in all circumstances, whether it's every family member's around the fire and you're opening presents on Christmas Day or You're not going to be with family this Christmas. You are with family. And God of the universe is with you and invites you to participate with him. Um, So let me me pray for us, and um, we'll get to communion. And I want to just bless us with this last verse that Paul writes in Colossians. Basically says in Colossians 1, 11 to 12, may you be filled with joy, for he has given you the inheritance that belongs to his people. Let's pray. God you're good um we know you're good because of the love that you show us each and every day we know you're good because of the air that we breathe but we know that you're good um more than good because you love us in spite of mm, of sin um, in spite of our falling short um Our joy is to know that love that you give us, to know that that love is infinite, um, that love is is, is to infinity and beyond, and that you offer us that ability to respond to you in joy, to leap with you uh, into the kingdom. And Father, I just pray that as we consider this, this Advent season, we consider what it means to be joyful that we would not let circumstance dictate um, who you are in our lives. It'll be easy for us to do, and we will fall short, but but we would be reminded that your joy is not based on that, that your presence in our lives is not based on um, how much we can earn, how good we can do to get a meeting with you. You're right here with us right now. I pray that we would experience you and experience your presence in this holiday. And that we would be uh, like Elizabeth um, and like the shepherds, that we would recognize you are so great and so glorified. What are we to do here? And then follow you and then leap up like the man in Acts and walk with you into the temple. Because we can experience that now, Father. Uh, The veil has been torn and we're yours to be in your presence. And so I pray that you would teach us to sit, be still, be with you. Um, Thank you so much for this time. Thank you for showing us what joy is and help us to, um, to participate with you in bringing your kingdom to this community, to this city, uh, and to the people that we're with this holiday season. I ask all these things in the name of your precious son, Jesus, for whom we celebrate. Amen.